It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Rick Patterson of the Dallas Morning News, and you are Locked On of the Texas Rangers here in the middle of postseason play. Actually, as I'm recording this, I am watching a very fun at-bat of Jake Diekman versus Nomar Mazzara in a winner-take-all playoff situation with the bait, with two runners on and um, and just an absolutely phenomenal game that has been between the White Sox and Oakland. Um, but um, Jake Diekman literally just walked on. But anyway, um, I'm not here to talk about playoffs um, just yet. I'll have another episode out later tonight once all the playoff games are done. Um, sorry, I missed yesterday on National Podcast Day, um, very much to my chagrin and my shame. Um, but we got a lot of important things to talk about, mainly Ray Davis talking to the media for the first time in God knows how long, um, the very reclusive Rangers billionaire owner who does not like to speak to the media or anyone just likes to live in his little billion-dollar cave and not say anything. But today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So, we're here today to talk about money, billionaires, all the fun stuff. You know, the very exciting, important things about baseball, salaries, and the like. So, today there was a press conference. Um, I actually believe it was yesterday that the press conference happened, but now we've got all the notes and all the good stuff. We can actually take a look at it size it up and see what it's actually all about. Um, so the main gist of the main takeaways from the press conference is that, um, Ray Davis said he's not going anywhere. He is said, as long as I'm alive, uh, I want to still own this team, which is not something that I believe. I, I don't believe that that's true. I think he's saying that very cynically. I think he bought this team with the intention to sell it, to make Arlington, pay for a new stadium, which they did. Um, that was their whole plan to make them pay for half the stadium, um, to <clears throat> maybe not spend too much money and hope that John Daniels could pull something out of his butt without having to spend too much money. Um, even though I have to give them credit, they were in on Anthony Rendon. They did make him a sizable offer that would have been fine. Um, but they haven't been all, all in on too many of the other guys. Um, some guys have just got away from them. Um, like Zach Wheeler just absolutely got away from them. They just were not going to be in on him either. So they had some 
some wish to go and, and spend big, but they just got outbid. They did go pretty big getting trying to get Corey Kluber. That just didn't work out, um, and looks like he's only going to pitch one inning in a Rangers uniform. Anyway, so he said that there's going to be a smaller payroll next year, which that makes sense, um, unless he's talking about smaller than what they actually ended up paying out this year um, relative to... Um, unless it's just compared to what the normal payroll would have been in 2020. Um, if it's smaller than what they actually paid this year, then that's going to be some real, real cause for concern. That they're not going to spend a single dollar in free agency, which I don't think is true. I hope it isn't true, but might be true. Um, so the Rangers have a lot of salaries coming off the books this year. Um, they've got Shinsu Chu's $21 million. Robinson Chirinos was paid $5.5 million this year. Todd Frazier earned 3.5. Mike Miner, 9.8 mil. Coy Kluber was scheduled to make 17.5 mil this year. He has an $18 million op- team option for next year or $1 million buyout. That's absolutely going to be a buyout. They're not going to pay him $18 million next year coming off of a season where he only pitched one inning and... Um, I believe it was a shout out. I don't even remember. It's been so long <laughs> since that first Sunday of the year. Um, but that is a total of $57.3 million coming off the books. Um, there were a lot of questions asked at this press conference. Um, the most important one to me, um, was asked by Levi Weaver of the athletic. He asked if there was any question they could pay, um, the slot bonus for the number two overall pick last year. The slot bonus was 7.78 nine million dollars um for the number two overall pick davis said yeah that should not be an issue at all um levi mentioned on twitter that he felt that he needed to ask this because he had some real genuine doubts that they might not be able to do it which that's concerning that's real concerning um for a team not to be able to if you suck this bad like this horrendously and you get the number two overall pick and there's a even a thought that you might not be able to sign that pick that's terrifying Honestly, like that should really scare Rangers fan. And and if that's the case, then he absolutely needs to sell the team like yesterday, Abs- like yesterday. Also, he talked about it being a wash in um, hosting playoff games. Um, he said it's kind of like the All-Star game. You don't really make that much money, but you just get to show off your new stadium, which I, I don't think that's true, especially not since they're going to be selling 11,000 tickets to these games that are in the playoffs that are happening in Arlington. <coughs> I'm I'm pissed about that. I, I think it's stupid. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's putting people at risk. I know it's sometimes it's it's their risk to take, but it's also gonna just hurt <clears throat> it's gonna hurt the DFW community. There's gonna be a lot more spread, there's gonna be a lot more people. I know you can socially distance in the stadium, but what about getting those eleven thousand people into the stands? How do you socially distance getting people into a stadium? It is absolutely packed. There's no there's no reasonable way to do that that wouldn't take like five hours to get everybody in there not to mention getting everybody out of there like it's just it's not feasible it's not smart there's a reason that that nobody else is doing it it's because it's stupid and that's a rant for another day but that's my main takeaway that i'm, I'm pissed about that and i think it's going to hurt the dfw community and the, the texas community and the people who go and their families and those at risk uh more at risk of of complications from catching covid um and these people who are taking these risks unnecessarily uh, I, I mean i love baseball as much as the next person maybe even more i literally dedicated my entire career to sports and baseball but i'm not going to risk going to a game and sitting around these people and being in a stadium with that many people because i don't trust 
I mean, there's a mask mandate that you have to wear masks inside. I think the stadium absolutely has to be open. It has to, has to, has to be open. You cannot have that many people in an enclosed space and not have all the windows and everything open because that is just a COVID nightmare waiting to happen. You have two people with COVID, like that's just going to be a huge, horrible spread. So I think that's non-negotiable. There is a mask mandate in the state of Texas um, at uh, indoor buildings that you must wear a mask. But we've seen at a lot of these sporting games, like every college football game I seem to watch, every crowd shot they have, in crowds of like 15 people, there's maybe one or two masks because people are eating and drinking and they're all bunched together, especially college students are even dumber, which I'm not blaming college students. You're allowed to be dumb. You're supposed to be dumb then. And it sucks that they are having to be the responsible ones, um, sometimes more responsible than their own even colleges. But that's all a point for another time. Um, I'm really here to just talk about money and who's got it and what the heck the deal is with the Rangers financial situation and what the deal is with John Daniels. Cause there were some questions about that and whether he would stay. Um, but we're gonna get to that in a second, but first we're gonna take a break and hear this word from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is the family business that has been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com right now, shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything from engine control modules, brake pads, uh, brake parts, the tail lamps, motor oil, even a new car, car carpet, uh, whether, whether it's your classic or your daily driver, uh, everything you need, you can get there in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog, it's so unique. It's remarkably easy to use. Even someone who doesn't know much about cars like me can really easily find whatever they're looking for. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, choose from all the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com, they are always reliably low because they have got your back. They're the same for pros or do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much on the same exact parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. New game day shirt? Boom. Cash back. Food for the tailgate? Boom, cash back. Even buying around can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. So going back to the... Uh the number two overall pick. Um, the question came from Levi Weaver. This is what um, he said. Uh, he said, we're not privy to how dire your financial situation is. Um, will you be able to sign the second pick in the draft with no problem? Davis said, yes, we can afford the number two pick in the draft. I hate what we had to do to get there, though. Um, his commentary was in his article, he said, this is my question. I guess I should have been more specific and asked, will the decreased income income of 2020 and perhaps 2021 seasons lead you to draft a player who might accept a below slot bonus with a second pick or are you committed to telling Daniels to draft the best player available lesson learned so maybe it wasn't a concern about being able to sign that person but maybe meeting the bonus demands of someone who's going to be one of the two hopefully best or second best player in this draft um, hopefully no less than like fourth best um, hopefully when you're picking with the number two overall pick. Um, so that's some that's some question there. But I want to look at the, the Rangers payroll and what 
things are looking like right now. Um, Ray Davis is worth um, 1.9. His net worth is uh, is at 1.9 billion dollars, which is down 0.7 billion dollars from where Forbes had it in 2018. The team is valued at 1.6 billion dollars. So that's just kind of where we're working at. This year, the Rangers were 14th in payroll. They their payroll was 62 million. $62.6 million, round up to 0.7. Um, the league average um, was just a little bit below that. Um, where'd we go? Where'd we go? Um, yeah, 58.7, or no, $58.8 million um, if you're rounding up. Um, they were just below um, teams like the Atlanta Braves um, and the Angels. Um, they were just ahead of the Colorado Rockies. Um, really not much of a bonus, uh, difference there from uh, the Angels all the way to the Rockies, who were at 15th. Um, the Diamondbacks are just below $60 million. Um, it's really weird looking at the payrolls this year. The top two spenders, of course, the Yankees at um, $109 million and the Dodgers at $105 million. Um, then the Red Sox, who were one of the worst teams in baseball, had the third highest payroll at 80, $83 million. Then you have the Astros at $82 million. The Phillies and and the Mets were at 5 and 6 which is just all kinds of weird. And somehow the Giants, which... I don't I don't understand this at all how the Giants were top 10. They were uh ninth at 71 million dollars. Then you have teams at the very very bottom. You have um the Baltimore Orioles at 30th with 23.4 million dollar payroll. That is atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. Um then you have the Pittsburgh Pirates with the worst record in baseball at 25 million dollars. Then you have the Tampa Bay Rays at 28 million dollars. That is just of course, like of course, that's the thing. That's exactly what happens because that's what Tampa Bay does. Then you have the Marlins at thirty-one million dollars, which I, I, I still don't know how the Marlins made it to the playoffs. I just it, it makes absolutely no freaking sense. They have two really good starting pitchers. They have a couple okay position players, um, and guys who overachieved. That's still weird. Um, the A's are at twenty-fifth, of course. The Indians are at twenty-fourth, and the Twins are at twenty-first. The White Sox are at 19th. All these playoff teams in the bottom half of payroll. It just, it feels weird seeing that. Um, the Cardinals are one of the few other teams that are in the top 10 that um, made the postseason. It's it's weird how low a percentage of the teams in the top 10 of payroll made the postseason. You got Yankees and Dodgers. That's two teams. The Astros, that's three. Um, Phillies and Mets both missed out. Then you got the Cubs and the Padres who both made it and the Cardinals who just barely made it. So that's right around half of the top 10 spenders made it. And then even more of the bottom 10, maybe about the exact same, um, the bottom 10. The Jays and the White Sox just missing out on being in the bottom 10, I think made it a wash um, or made it more likely to, to be in the playoffs if you're a top 10 spender. Um, but this team is, is losing $53 million in payroll next year. Um, there's really not that many big contracts that are – on there there's i think the highest paid player for next year is scheduled to be um lance lynn that's my guess he was at 11 million dollars this year um so it would make sense that he would be the most um the highest paid player next year it also might be um elvis anderson i'm not exactly sure what his contract is next year um yeah this year lance lynn made 11.3 million dollars um elvis andrews where'd he go my goodness, I can't even find him on this spreadsheet. This is just such a mess. Um, there we go. No, it's going to be Elvis Andrews who made um, $15 million this year. 
Um, Rugner Ador made $9.3 million this year. And I think that's going to go up next year, um, if I remember correctly, about his contract, which it's it's not that much more, um, but when he's been that questionable, yeah, next year goes up to $12.3 million. It's $12.3 million in 2022 as well. And then there is a team option um, for $13.5 million when he's 29 um, in 2023 or a three million dollar buyout which like in terms of bad contracts like that one is not horrendous um choose value wasn't nearly what we thought it would be um the lack of power um i think really kind of hurt that contract but he the rangers absolutely loved him and sometimes those contracts may not play out in the value on the field but off the field i think he was absolutely worth that i still think it was a ended up being a bad contract but you know it is what it is next year Elvis Andrews makes 14.2 million dollars um he makes that much when he's 33 the year after that and then his contract also has a um vesting option for 2023 um which depends on the amount of plate appearances um in 2021 or 2022 um if he doesn't meet it in 2022 so that's kind of where we are. It's looking like those guys are both going to be there through 2023. Um, it's looking like Joey Gallo is going to get a pay bump from what he made this year. I don't think it's going to be as much as we would have thought, given how he's coming off last year. Uh, it was another inconsistent year. It was a really bad year. He's definitely going to get a pay bump, but still um, $4.4 million for Joey Gallo this year. Um, you know, that was about accurate of what he was worth, which sucks to say, and it, it sucks even worse to see on the field. He was just not a great player. Um, no Rangers were really that great of players. Um, but you're going to have Isaiah kiner fleff as an everyday player next year who is still making league minimum. Um, you have other guys like Nick Solak who's not making much at all. Um, it's looking like the Jordan Lyles deal might be um, pretty rough. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what his contract situation is, but I think he made $10 million or was scheduled to make around $10 million um, this year. Go double check on that. Where did you go? This contract situation is all weird on baseball reference. They've got split up into two different groups um, for no good reason. Um, but yeah, let's see where Jordan Lyles is. I know he has an option for next year. Um, actually, I'm pretty sure it's not an option. It's just... Um, a contract for next year. Yeah, no, he made $8 million this year. He makes $8 million um, next year. Um, so he's, the earliest he's going to be a free agent is 2022. $8 million is is fine enough for him. Uh, Gibson, I believe, made $10 million this year. Um, so he's going to be on the roster for next year. So it's looking like they have two open spots for um, – for others next year, unless they just absolutely dump Jordan Lyles, which I would be okay with. He did not have a good year and things will be, I don't know. I don't know if he'll be fine next year. He was just kind of a disaster this year, just like pretty much everything was a disaster this year. So it's, it's hard to specify which was more of a disaster. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what's going to go on. I think the Rangers will want to get one veteran pitcher. Um, in terms of competing, like, they need a lot of things to happen like they needed this year. Offensively, that was the thinking that Todd Frazier um, and Robinson Torinos would make the difference was was a very wishful thinking. It was extremely wishful thinking, and I think even the Rangers knew that wasn't going to happen. Even if their rotation was what they thought it was going to be, with Lynn being a top five Cy Young candidate, Corey Kluber getting back to anything close to what he was in his prime, and uh, Mike Miner 
also continuing to be what he was last season um, in the first half before he kind of fell off a cliff a little bit in the second half. I think all of that, plus a decent year from from Kyle Gibson might have been okay. Um, They've been doing pretty well on these buy low guys of starting pitchers, and I think they're going to do that again this year. They've got about a, I don't know, it seems like about a 50% hit rate because some of the guys have hit very well. Lance Lynn, Mike Miner, those were both big hits. Gibson is still up in the air. I don't know what to think about him. He's been okay. And every time I think he's looking much better then he gives up like 13 home runs, because that's just what this year is. Um, but there's a couple of guys in the free agent market that I'm really interested in. And I think the Rangers need to buy at least one starting pitcher. And I think they should get one righty bat. They should invest in one guy um, that I'm going to get into later. Um, but starting pitchers, they could look at uh, a guy like Taiwan Walker, um, who's been really inconsistent, has had a lot of injury issues. Um, he's only started just under 10 games, I believe, in the last two years combined. I mean, he's 28 years old. He was a guy with a lot of promise in Seattle. Um, I can't remember exactly who he was traded for. Um, I think Dior might have been a part of that trade um, to Arizona. He had some moments in Arizona where he looked pretty good. Um, then he ended up going to, um, I think it was back to Seattle for a little bit, and he finished in um, with the Blue Jays. But he's been all kinds of hurt, and I think, there's, there's, he's worth the risk of taking a two-year, um, smaller deal on. Um, they've also got a guy like Robbie Ray, who's going to be free agent, who's a left-handed pitcher, who has finished top ten in the Cy Young before, and he's also had just absolutely horrific seasons. You don't really know what you're going to get with him, but I think he's a guy who the Rangers, if they see something that they like, that they think they can fix, um, like they did with Lance Lynn and with Mike Miner becoming a starter, um, again, I think that's something, uh, someone they might take a chance on. Also a guy like Jose Quintana, who was absolutely dominant with the White Sox. Um, the Cubs traded an absolute haul for him, but he has not really lived up to the billing in Chicago, and they're definitely going to let him go. He's going to be a free agent this year. I believe uh, he's 30 or 31, um, so definitely in that age range of guys that they have gotten um, the best out of before. He's been consistently healthy, which is about the best thing that you can say for him. He hasn't been that great um, and he's been, he's 32 years old. Um, yeah, he's made at least 31 starts each season since, um, 2013. Um, he's not been the same pitcher. He's had an ERA plus of 101, um, and 435 and two thirds innings with the Cubs, um, and 115 ERA plus in 1,055 innings in Chicago, um, with the White Sox. So, yeah, I don't know. He's another guy who I'm interested in. Um, a guy like James Paxton is is interesting. I think someone's going to give him a big deal, um, so I'm not really sure about him, but he would be a guy that I'd be interested in pursuing. Um, the Rangers definitely need a right-handed bat. They're a very lefty-heavy lineup, and the right-handed bats they do have are not at all power hitters. So, I mean, you could get a, go get a guy like Nelson Cruz, which I just... I want him back here so badly, but he's definitely going to want to go to a team that's actually going to be good, unless the Rangers spend a lot of money this offseason, which I don't envision they do. Nor do I think maybe even they should. They should spend some this this offseason, but I don't think they're going to spend much. Um, so even though Cruz is going to be a free agent, I don't think he's someone that they could get. Um, but first base, I think the time is up for Ronald Guzman. I, I don't think that this year... The small sample size uh, of him looking a little bit better offensively, I don't think that's enough. Um, but an older guy like uh, Justin Turner, 
um, who is 36 years old. I don't think his days of playing third base are much longer for this world, but I think he'd be a pretty solid first baseman defensively, and he can still absolutely hit the tarnation out of the baseball. Um, you can get him on a two, two-year two deal, I think would be fine, um, and he'd be okay defensively at first base. Um, he's played some there, a little bit more than Todd Frazier has in his career. Um, also, a guy like Marcelo Zuna, who is 30 years old this year. He bet on himself getting a one-year deal um, worth $18 million um, for the Braves and hit 18 home runs this year. He was phenomenal offensively. He's still a liability on defense, so um, I think Willie Calhoun would probably still start over him in left field because Willie Calhoun's made some big strides, and Ozuna was real bad defensively. But he could be a guy who is your DH um, and could play the outfield if needed, not super well, but fine enough. And if you got Leody Tavares in center field and Joey Gallo in right, I think he'll be fine. But that bat absolutely plays. He's had an OPS over 900 this year. Um, he is a legit right-handed power threat and something that the Rangers desperately need. It would take a multi-year deal to get him. I think three years, maybe something around 20, 18 million each year, which would be risky if he doesn't live up to what he did this year. Um, and definitely a weird, weird season. But he's a guy who had a lot of promise um, in years past. I think he would be a worthwhile investment um, for the Rangers. But who knows? Um, it's it's just a weird year. Um, he had a, a 2.3 war, according to baseball reference, this year. Um, he hit 338, which is phenomenal. His on-base was excellent as well, 431. His OBS, actually, for the season was not just over 900. It was over 1,000. It was uh, 1067. His OPS plus was 175, which is fantastic um, for his career. He's got an OPS plus of 117, so he's been a pretty good um, outfielder, um, offensively at least, um, for his whole career. He made two all-star teams when he was in Miami at age 25 and 26. Uh, that was in 2016-2017. Um, he's got 166 career home runs in eight seasons. That's an average of 27 per year, which even includes this year of 18, which was still probably about above um, what anything you could have expected for a 60-game season. But he did play in all 60 games um, and absolutely delivered. So I think that feels like a pretty sure bet. Um, he also somehow won a gold glove, even though he's not a good defender in 2017. I don't know. Gold gloves are so weird. But I think that getting a bat like his in the lineup, um, giving Joey Gallo some assurance, and I, th I think part of the reason why Joey Gallo struggled so much this year is because so much was put on him. Everybody knew from the start of the season, like the offense is Joey Gallo or nothing. And it ended up being that for the entire season. And that's a lot to put on a guy. Um, you can't have just one offensive weapon. That's like a legit threat out there. It's just, it's too much to ask for a guy, no matter if he's Mike Trout or Mickey Mantle. Like it's just, it's too much to ask for a guy. And I think of course, Willie Calhoun being hurt for so much of the season really hurt. I think Willie was was poised to make a huge breakout this year, and it sucks so much that he didn't get to have that um, like we thought. Rugnet Odor just absolutely fell off a cliff this year. Um, it's just, it was sad to see that. I mean, Chinsu Chu was hurt for most of the year. Even he wasn't really much of a threat this year, um, despite the home run count. It's just the Rangers need bats. They need them badly, or they're going to be in the exact same position next year. And no matter who they get pitching-wise, they just need a lot more offense, and they need a very consistent year out of Joey Gallo. 
They need a miracle out of Rugden Odor, and they need Elvis Andrews to get back to anywhere close to what he was in his offensive prime. I think that would be huge for him. He's got the power in there. We know it. He's got the strength. Um, he needs to get back to his defense being good, or he might lose his job to Anderson Tejeda. That is an absolutely real possibility. Tejeda was legit good this year, um, and uh, as much as I love Leody Tavares' defense, and I think that he should be the starting center fielder next year, um, his offense isn't quite there yet. It's fine, but it's not top of the lineup fine. Um, and there just needs to be more people to take the pressure off of Joey Gallo to be the literally only offensive force in this team. If they want to compete while Bob and Ray have ownership of this team before they sell it and get tired um, of all the losing that's probably going to happen, if they don't have an offense, then they need to spend on somebody this offseason. And I think Marcel Elzina is a prime candidate for them. I think three years for... $60 million, maybe a little bit more than that. I think it's worthwhile to spend on a guy who has proven in his his um, many years that he is a very good offensive player and maybe would be fine in the outfield for a little bit. Who knows? I don't know, but um, that's kind of where we are with the Rangers' financial situation. They also said, uh, just last thing I remember, I, I teased them talking about uh, John Daniels and if they thought he was the right guy for the job. And uh, yes, they got the full confidence of uh ray davis um that john daniels is the right guy for the job um and that chris woodward is the right guy for the job so it's looks it looks like that that's where we are whether you love jd or hate jd he he's here to stay and i'm i'm kind of on the fence at this point he's had some some mix-ups before and if the rangers get some guy under slot with the number two overall pick i think it, or they, if they just don't nail this number two overall pick. You haven't had one of these picks since this century, and I think since the 1980s, maybe even the 70s. So you got to make the most of them when you get these picks. So these are the, the guys that, that you don't get, you can't trade for, you can't accidentally luck into. Like These are the guys that you need to hit on every single time, and missing on number one and two overall picks... Um, will keep you in the gutter or in the middle of mediocrity for a long, long time. So that's where we are, the state of the Rangers' finances. Very fun, numbers-oriented episode, um, but I think there's a lot of important stuff in there about this Rangers team. I'll be back late tonight, um, so it'll be ready for you early tomorrow morning um, to talk about these playoff games, um, where we are with my picks looking terrible, um, just prepare yourself. The Astros won a series, and they got really high on themselves. Even though the Twins have now lost 18 straight postseason games, dating back to, I believe, the 1990s, it's definitely all of the 2000s, which is just kind of hilarious and also, like, terrible. I feel really bad for Twins fans. Um, but, hey, at least you're in the postseason and not in the absolute garbage fire the Rangers are in right now. Until next time, y'all take care of yourselves. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.